Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pucks on the Dasher a Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Glass. A solo show, just me, myself, and my thoughts, I guess. Um, no, what I've been watching or playing this week. I uh, don't really have anything new to add to that right now, so no point in really talking about it. Uh, so this will be the last, well, might do one quick segment on it next week just for for fun, uh, but for the most part, this will be the last week where there will be fantasy hockey uh, updates um, at the start of the podcast. Um, if you listened last week, you'll obviously know that I lost in the first round in the two pools that I made the playoffs, and then I did win in the first consolation round uh, in the auction pool for the potential right to be able to get Connor Bedard, and my uh, auction team decided to just completely bob-bob me again. Basically started one game, was garbage in it, and then was sick for the rest of the week uh, when the Panthers went on and ripped off three straight wins, including a 7 nothing shutout. So if I would have picked up the Panthers, uh, Alex Leon, would I have... Uh, one Connor Bedard. I don't want to think about that. Um, and I don't necessarily know. But for the most part, my team basically was garbage. And then I made a bunch of extra moves on Sunday to make sure I had a full roster. And uh, Nylander went minus four. And Jake Sanderson, who I picked up, went minus three. So I went minus ten on the day. So I actually ended up losing uh, an extra category uh, because of that. So really perfect. Um, and Fiala didn't end up playing, so I didn't even get anything out of him. Just a tough minus four, really. Tough fantasy week. Uh, Tyler basically refused to come on this week because uh, he also... Oh, I guess that could be an easy update for points pool. Uh, Tyler lost after beating me last week, so he will be playing for third place next week. Uh, and if you want to know, uh, I won my week for fourth, fifth place, fourth place. No, it'd be fifth place. Uh, I won my week to get fifth overall pick quote unquote. Uh, and I had more points than either Tyler or the team he was playing. Um, so not at all chuffed that a Sunday ad potentially stopped me from making the finals in the pool this year. <laughs> Oh man, that's that's fantasy hockey for you, I guess. That's why we play, right? For those fun situations like that, not for winning or anything. Uh, speaking of which, since it, I think, will it be over by next week's pod? I don't know if it's one week or two week week uh, for the final. But um, the team who traded Connor McDavid and the team who I I tried it on multiple trades are in the big pool final right now. So just. From a pod, podcast perspective, a bit of a lulls final, if you will. Um, I wish I could get one of them. I, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll get somebody to come on if they win and they can gloat or tell me I'm an idiot or something. I mean, I'm sure people would love to hear that. Since I have so many looking up at this wall here that has so many hockey credentials on it that I have to make sure I... <laughs> Make sure I back up. Um, 
you know, all these doctorates and so forth. It says uh, analytics doctor. That's what it says. Maybe not. No, we're going to move it on. Move it on. So what else should we talk about? So no poo-poo performer or super-duper star this week. But what I think I'll do, if I can get either Sean or Tyler to come on next week, um, I will attempt to do a, a poo-poo performer. I think regardless of whether one of them comes on next week. But I will do a poo-poo performer or super-duper star for uh, every team. So all my fantasy teams, all three of them. And I will make sure not to use the same. Since I do have a bunch of overlapping players, I will make sure not to use any player twice to at least vary it up a little bit. So we'll see what I can pull from that since I will basically have, as far as I'm concerned, all the points from them at that point that I will care about. So I'll be able to see how they did this year. Um, I guess... One other, there are still some college free agents potentially that could be signing that you might be interested in uh, if you're not even playing right now. If that's a thing your your league still allows uh, to add uh, while the playoffs are still going on, even if you're not in them, um, which I think makes sense because you really shouldn't have players becoming available that only the playoff teams could add. That would be kind of rude. It's different if it's just all the players in the roster, but new at additions, it's little different I feel like so what else should we talk about well uh, just the way it worked out the last few weeks on the pod um, I've skipped a bunch of news that we haven't really talked about yet uh, on the podcast so we will get into some of that uh, and just see how long it takes me to get through that, and then uh, we'll see. I was going to do, well, whatever. That might be part of the news. If I have time at the end, I might do a little bit of it, but I feel like this would be more time than, we'll see. We'll see. Adam might look at a cat-friendly page and get, well, I'm going to do that currently, but I might end the podcast with looking at a certain team's cat-friendly page just to see what's it, see what's up, if you will. Uh, so what is up with sign? So we are people are still getting signed. Oddly enough, this late in the year, uh, one quick deal is Nikolai Nijov with the twenty-five-year-old Nikolai Nijov, a two-year, one-point-two-five million-dollar contract with the San Jose Sharks. Uh, he has been injured a bunch. I know they are relatively high on him, at least as far as being an NHL player. So whatever, two more years at one-point-two-five as basically a bridge kind of show me deal. For a 25-year-old defenseman, like, if he literally does, even if he is your six, if he is a good six, like, not obviously below replacement level six, but, like, a not costing you minutes but can be put out the ice and you can trust him and maybe generate some stuff or whatever, perfect. That's an ideal contract. And if you are the San Jose Shark, and in two years you have a 27-year-old defenseman who's coming off of you, that's an easily tradable contract also, uh, if you're in that mindset. So that's, to me, that is what you want, uh, ideally, especially if you're a team like the Sharks. So next up, we have 23-year-old Philip Heedle signing a four-year, $4.437,500,000 million contract. Uh, and I find that, so that will take him to his age 27 season or 28, depending on how it breaks down. 
because uh, I'm not sure when his birthday is. So let's look at, well, let's look at Mr. Heedle here. Um, if Tyler was here, he'd be rolling his eyes probably because I've been kind of on the Heedle train for a while now. Um, not like as a superstar, but I always thought he was going to be a solid NHL player, like a Tyler Bozak-ish type deal. Um, but it's taken him a while, but he also started playing the NHL 18. So he's now 23. And this is obviously, uh, he's having a career year. He's got 22 goals, 22 assists, 44 points. And he's also a plus 18. Uh, and he has all 20 of those, 20 of those 22 goals are at even strength, which is very good. He only has two power play points, but he does have, or two power play goals, but, oh, that's assists. Oh, my bad. He has 19, so... He has 19 goals at even strength and 20 assists at even. So basically all his time is at even strength. I mean, they are playing him mostly in the offensive zone. His starts are at about 60%. However, okay, so you got, uh, he's consistently had like 23-ish points every season. Uh, and then this year he's doubled that to 44. He's also 23. Conceivably, this would be his new floor with maybe some more ceiling potential here. Uh, however, the Rangers are kind of, they got a lot of stuff going on. So I think we should bring up their little cap friendly. Okay, so obviously they made the two huge trades this year. Brought in Tarasenko and Patrick Kane. Well, maybe not big trades, but they brought in well-named players. I would almost guarantee that one of these guys is going to come back. I don't think both of them. I think it seems impossible for them to sign both of them. I think... I think Tarasenko is probably going to go to market, and I think Patrick Kane is just going to take a haircut to get like a three. I wonder if he'll take like the Marlowe deal, like three years at six million or something like that. Do I think they should do that? I don't know. He's 34, 37. I mean, I'm not really watching a lot of the Rangers right now, so I don't know how that's really working, but um, they have Panarin for three more seasons after this. Then. Zabanajad for a while. Kreider's got three more. Trocek has a bunch more because they signed him. So if you're thinking about Hedl, you're like, okay, you got Trocek and Zabanajad signed until the cows come home. And now you just gave Hedl four more years. So that's three centers right there locked up for four years. Boom. And that is eight, 5.6. So 8.5 and 5.6. You're looking at 14. <clears throat> plus your heat so you're looking at almost you're basically looking at give or take 20 almost 20 million with three centers which is fine that's okay because you're paying Zbanejad probably less than he's worth most seasons Trocek potentially more though he's been okay this year or at least he's rounding he's getting better but he's still 29 so let's assume they do sign Kane now you also have Capo Caco as one more year than he's RFA. And Lafreniere is also RFA this summer. Like now, basically. This, su this summer, he's RFA. So let's assume you want to lock both those guys up. Well, that's one, two, three, four. Assuming you re-sign Kane, that's five. Barclay, Goudreau signed for a bunch more years. That's six forwards. Heedle now seven. Uh, you re-signed VC for two more years. That's eight. And then you got Lafreniere. You're for sure signing him. That's nine. 
Are you really just going to give every single forward on your team a multi-year deal? Like, are you bringing everybody back except for Tarasenko, I guess? Which you would assume that that's where Lafreniere is going to go next year, is in wherever he's playing now. I don't know. But I think it's time to make a decision. Obviously, like, Heedle, I think I think it's... You might have to start sniffing on Kako. I don't know, one more year, 2.1, then he's RFA. Like, there's got to be some value there. Your defense is Truba, Fox. You got Lingren for another year, then he's RFA. Um, but he's going to probably get some money if he can actually stay healthy. Keandre Miller, who we talked about last week, uh, he's RFA this summer too. They, This team's going to have to – maybe they can bring Kane back. They got two more years of Igor, and then he's UFA. Like, to me, that's your window. And then Truba's got one more year, and then his eight is off the books. So that's your bridge to Igor's raise. Because you assume Igor's probably... So Igor's 27. So by the time he's a free agent, he might be 29, maybe even 30. And I mean, he's still like, he's clearly probably still going to be one of the best goalies in the NHL. That's going to be an interesting, but to me, if I'm the Rangers, that's what I'm looking at is my, they're going to lose, they're going to get back 3.4 million in dead cap buyouts. So that's good. That's not nothing. Plus the cap's going to go up. You would assume one to 2 million. So that could be potentially almost six million there. Well, f- five and a half uh, that they're going to have to play with right away. So that could be Kane's contract. Hmm. But like, okay, let's look at it. What is the easiest? Is there anything here you could actually move? Like you, Goudreau has a fifteen team no trade. And he's got one, two, three, four more years at 3.6. Like, you're probably not moving him. Uh, your defenseman, like, you're not moving Trooper or Fox, obviously. You're not going to move Lindgren. And nobody else, regardless of what Keandre Miller gets, you're not moving him. Like, you really don't even have any way of freeing up cap space. You, But you're going to have to allocate more. Because you're... You're not moving Kreider, and you're not moving Zbanejad. You're obviously not moving Panarin, and you're not moving Trocheck because you just signed him. Tarasenko will be gone. That's going to be some more room. Like, they have room. I'm not saying they're tight to the cap and can't do anything. But they're pretty locked into a core right now, which is fine. They made the East Final last year. I'm not saying they're bad either. But... At some point, you have to open up space for some of these kids. And, like, you got four of your top six locked in for three more seasons. So if you want to bring Kane back on us, you would assume a two- to three-year deal. That leaves you with one top six spot. Doesn't seem ideal when you have three players that would probably like to play there now heel you would assume that they're just going to run him as 4c but just keep giving him power play two time 
uh, and find him other ways to give him ice time so he's around that 15, you know, whatever, 16-minute mark or whatever. That's fine for him. He's 23. He's probably okay with that. But, like, Kako and Lafreniere, definitely. You maybe assume Lafreniere moves up, then Kako stays. I don't know. But then what do you... Let's assume you do want to move Kako. You're not really getting anything. But maybe he isn't anything. So maybe if you're getting back a slightly better player, then why not? I guess. I don't know. I don't know. This is I, I think that I, I wanna see what the Lafreniere Lafreniere Did I was I saying that wrong? I don't he's I he, I'm gonna struggle with Lafreniere or Lafreniere. Does it I don't know. Maybe it's Lafreniere. Tyler's screaming right now. Okay. Once the Keandre Miller and Lafreniere contracts are decided. Uh, that's when you'll probably get a better idea of what's going to go on here. But one of those guys I feel like is going to get a long-term contract and one of those guys is going to get a multi-year bridge. And I'm interested to see who they do that with. Because I kind of feel like Keandre is going to get a contract that's going to make a lot of people go WTF. And I think Lafreniere is going to sign like a two- or three-year bridge. But we'll see. <clears throat> Like, I personally, if I'm the Rangers, I would offer Counter Miller like eight by six. See if he bites on that. And you're going to, you're going to love that value for a while. For a while. He's going to be really good. He's 23. He's going to be, he's got like four years until he's even probably peaking as a defenseman. So he's, He's going to be real good. He's going to be really good. And he is now fantasy relevant, and now I can't sneak him in late rounds, which is a bummer. A bummer. Like, he's fantasy relevant almost in all my pools next year, probably. So that's neat and interesting. Some pools I could probably sneak him late. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, so no other signings here. Um, what other news... Is there to talk about? Oh, right. Something that I don't necessarily care about, but I feel like we should talk about it in a broader scope. Um, the NHL signed a 10-year exclusive deal with Fanatics to make jerseys and apparel, et cetera, et cetera. I haven't really had time to look, or taken the time, I guess, to look into Fanatics as a whole. I've heard not great things, that's for sure. And it seemed like when this deal was signed, I saw a lot of not like p people posting jerseys with nameplates backwards or the wrong. <laughs> I think I saw somebody post a, a Pedersen jersey um, and it was an Eastern Conference All-Star jersey that it was put on. Like just just really shoddy quality control and quality. Um, the one thing I did notice on the release or whatever the news going around on this deal was that they are going to start offering foldable crests on jerseys like jerseys. Oh, and they're going to pitch it as a good thing. They're going to, this is huge. Oh, look, it's all, oh, you can put it away. Look how nice this is. You don't have to worry about hanging them up. Like, Oh, you reckon it, blah, blah, blah. What you want to do is you want to make it cheaper, way cheaper. You just want to 
foil print that stupid thing on there and have it wear out in the wash machine in like one wash and you don't give a shit. You're just pumping crap out. Like this is, I think the thing that bothers me the most about this deal is that it shows Batman hasn't learned anything. Um, because the biggest problem with the last television deal the NHL had is they signed it for too fucking long. They signed for too fucking long and then rights deals went way the fuck up and then by the time the NHL had time, you know, get in there and potentially cash in, everybody had signed with everybody else. Too long. So you basically signed a 10-year... Like, Gary Bettman conceivably will no longer be on this earth when this deal runs out. How are they letting him sign deals that long now? That's crazy. 10 years? 10 years? 10? And the quality, like, what are you... Who is this for? There's no way you got a... Why would you sign for 10 years? For a company that's going to make your brand worse? From a consumer standpoint? And probably make really boring jerseys? Like, they already came out and said the reverse retro is over with. Because obviously that wasn't their, their thing, if you will. I mean, in some way... I don't I don't really buy this stuff anymore. I assume at one point my kid might want stuff, but I'm not going to like flood his closet with it or anything. So I mean, in the grand scheme of things, this probably directly affects me essentially not at all. But as a fan of the sport and of the NHL, it just makes it look bad. If it ends up being what everybody says it's going to be, which is a shit show. Now, are the jerseys on the ice going to look bad and crappy? I don't know. Let's just assume they, they've they obviously done baseball jerseys and all that stuff, and they're going to make them look cheaper so they're easier to print so they don't screw them up. I feel like that's a, when they are able to redesign, that crest is coming off that damn jersey, and it's going to be some garbage little thing. Um, and that's going to be crappy but whatever but from a consumer perspective i don't know deal's not great 10 years too like 10 years and the nhl when approached and said like hey like a lot of people don't seem really happy about this and maybe they have concerns about the quality control and how good everything's going to be and they were just like yeah we think they can do it or pretty Sure, we think, yeah, it'll be fine. Come on, it'll be fine. That's that level of confidence made you sign a 10 year deal. That level of confidence. What are you doing? 10 years? There's no getting out of that. So, for the next decade, you might get crappy NHL apparel. Fun. Yay. Why make any ground as a league? Why bother? Why bother? I can't wait for five or six years from now when another generation of NHL players comes up that is even more outspoken than the current one and they start chirping their own apparel. That's going to be fun. And that'll be the kids' fault, not the apparel's fault. Nope. Uh, Speaking of people that aren't kids anymore, Jonathan Taves is probably done playing hockey. Uh, Well, after this season. He came back, fought back. He's been going through long COVID, a bunch of other health problems, evidently. 
um, can barely get ready for games right now. Probably not going to be able to play, at least especially at a level that he wants to play at. So it sounds like he will probably be calling it after the season. I guess we'll wait and see when that happens. Um, I think after the <laughs> after the whole um, Kyle Beach situation in Chicago, I kind of didn't give a shit about Jonathan Taves anymore. Not that I ever really cared about him that much. Um, so, I mean, even the whole Chicago Blackhawk, I'm over it, I think. I think I might actually be over it. I think that last, that whole situation just finally soured me on that whole, the name, the logo for sure. Let's, it's time. I think it's time. Like, I think we need to, that would have been a great, I mean, Taves is gone conceivably after this year Kane is not coming back he's going to be playing elsewhere I mean Keith's been gone for a while he's now retired Seabrook obviously gone like there's nothing Quinville notably no longer in the league um the GM is obviously not there anymore if you are ever going to kind of close the book on an era and start again you're like now would be a good time. Maybe do one more season, um, so you can honor all these guys or whatever, uh, and then maybe it's just the Hawks. Is that possible? Are they allowed to do that? I guess they probably can't. Can it just be the Blackhawks? But it's not that logo anymore. We could do that, right? We could just get rid of the whole motif that uh makes it indigenous just start over just call it just make it birds can we make it birds can we just make it birds let's make it birds just start going to blackhawks games and just holding up signs make it a bird let's just be birds birds are fine are there any bird does the NHL not have a bird team? Interesting. Quickly rifling through team names in my head. A jet is not a bird, but it does fly. Uh, no, no. I don't think there is a single NHL team named after a bird. So there we go. Let's do that. Just make it a make it a bird. It can be a bird. People like birds. Birds can be cool. You can put a big bird mouth up and they can skate out of it. You could you could be the Chicago Ravens and then be, do like it. I guess you can't be the Ravens, can you? Especially not in Chicago. I guess that football team would probably not like that over in Baltimore. Okay, so I guess you have to be, you can't be the Hawks. There's we could, We're good on that. Hmm. Well, it's not my. I just just wanted to express the fact that I'm kind of over it as far as that whole situation goes. However, speaking of over it, uh, 
the one thing that's not over for a certain NHL player is something that's never not been over shortly in his entire career. And that is, it finally happened. It's finally going to happen. Jack Eichel has made the playoffs. Wow. Wow, look at you go, Mr. Eichel. You finally made the playoffs for the first time in your storied career. Um, let's let's do a little looky-see. Since 2016, he was notably taken second overall in the first round. I can't remember who was first. That guy, I don't think he was very good. So he's probably the best player in that draft for sure. Uh, so his first full season in Vegas, he has 62 points in 63 games. It looks like he's going to top 30 goals pretty well. Uh, last season, he had 25 points in 34 games for Vegas. He notably has had seasons of 82 and 78 points in Buffalo. Um, he's never had less than a 56-point season, so that's pretty interesting. Except for last year, I guess, but that's we're not going to count that because he didn't play many games and it was this weird combined thing. Remember, his neck was weird. Remember? Oh, that was not last year. Last year, he only played for Vegas. 34 games, 25 points. Year before, 18 points. So in playing at least 60 games, he's never had less than 50 points, which obviously he has again this year. Um, I just saw his six years in Buffalo. He was a minus 69, so it's pretty funny. So eight years in the NHL. Finally, the first season where he's going to make the playoffs. Um, Vegas notably has kind of struggled with the injury bug this year. Mark Stone gone down. Their goaltending's been good, but multiple guys have had to fill in, obviously, to make that work. But I can't believe I don't have it up here. God, I just need to... I feel like there's a... I just need to always have the standings in front of me because I don't know them off the top of my head, obviously. That would be weird. I obviously would have a range of where. Okay, so the Knights are currently in first place in the Pacific still. Uh, they are at 101 points in 76 games played. The Kings are one point behind and the Oilers are two points behind. But the Golden Knights have a game in hand on both of them. The Kraken are at 90, so they're definitely not catching them. So that's kind of where that sits. Uh, let's just look around the standings here since I don't look at them that often. Uh, so the Bruins, Leafs, and Lightning have all clinched. Uh, obviously, the Leafs will be playing in the Lightning. It looks like more than likely at home. Uh, great. Never, never could have saw this coming. No idea that was going to happen. Uh, over in the Met, uh, the Hurricanes, Devils, and Rangers have all clinched. The Hurricanes are currently at 107 points. The Devils are at 104, and the Rangers are at 101. So that hypothetically division is still up for grabs, uh, though the Hurricanes do have a game in hand on both the Devils and Rangers. Obviously, the Atlantic division is not up for grabs. How do I... I can I not... It's not going to show me. Perfect. That's good. Thank you. That's not... Why would I want to see that? Um, so we're going to switch to a different site here since it doesn't want to show me the wildcard race. Because that's hilarious. So over in the east, uh, 
We got the Penguins at 86, the Islanders at 87. They're not catching anyone up in the division because those teams are all clinched. Then you got the Panthers at 85, the Sabres at 81, and I guess technically the Senators at 80 because um, they have, well, the Red Wings all and Capitals have also not been officially eliminated, but that's a formality at this point. You're, the Sabres do have two games in hand, so assuming they won those, they could be tied with the Panthers with 85 points. So let's keep them in the race. So you're really looking at, I mean, the Islanders and Penguins versus the Panthers and Sabres, and two of those teams are making it. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, in the last 10, all teams have been very mid. <laughs> the Islanders are 5-4-1. and one, The Penguins are 4-6-0. and oh, The Panthers are 6-4. and four, And the Sabres are 5-3-2. and two. So, But the Panthers have won three in a row. And the Sabres have won two in a row. And the Islanders have lost two in a row. So we'll see. Over in the East, we have the Wild leading the Central but only a point up on both Avalanche and Stars, so that's going to go down to the wire, that one. We won't even worry about where that's going. That could go anywhere, which means the two of those teams are probably going to have to play each other because uh, nobody else behind them is definitely catching up to that little pack. And then over in the Pacific, the three teams are all clinched. They're all within two points of each other, basically. So no... No idea where that's going to go, um, but I'm assuming the Kings will want to avoid a first-round matchup with the Oilers, so we'll see there. Over in the wild card in the West, we have the Kraken leading at 90, the Jets at 89, the Flames at 87, and the Predators at 84. Everybody else in the West has been officially eliminated. The Predators have two games in hand on the Jets and are five points back, so that's... they're they lose one more game it's over basically um but the flames and the jets are t well the flames are two points back they both play the same amount of games the kraken have two games in hand on both of them and are at 90 points so as long as they even get points there they should be okay the flames have actually won four in a row and they're closing in on the jets i know those teams play a game against each other this week i believe so that might not decide it, but that could definitely help make it a lot tougher for one of those teams, uh, especially if the Jets can win. So we'll see. I was going to do a big old ranty-roo on the Jets and their whole situation, but I just don't really want to until they actually make it or miss it. Um, so maybe a bit of a shorter show this week. Uh, but I did want to talk about one thing. Uh, before I head out. Devon Levi won a game for the Sabres last week. When he won that game, he was not an active player on Yahoo. He was on waivers, and the earliest you could get him was Sunday. That's super unacceptable. Super unacceptable. It'd be different if he signed last minute and you just couldn't make it work, but I know that's not the case. The reason I know that's not the case is because he signed like a week, almost two weeks before. So they had lots of time to get him in there. Just, just, there's no, no way, especially a win with quality peripherals. And it happens in 
you can't even put that player on your roster for a fantasy playoff season? That would have helped so many teams. Especially if you actually have, like, what if you're rolling boss Buffalo starters for some reason and you can't even get the guy to fill in? Gross. Just gross. Yahoo, figure your shit out. I think that's all I'm going to have to say this week. So, thank you for listening, and I will talk to you next week.